Welcome back. I'm Sheila Hamilton. And you're listening to Beyond Well. I have John, the producer, John. Yep. It's 2022. You keep saying it, but it sounds like the future. And it's dry January. The future is now. I think you're going to just totally dig this conversation with Mike Covey and Stephen Milanese. An interview so interesting, we're going to have to break it up into a part one and a part two. These are two guys who spent decades of their life in serious drug addiction. Decades. And then they both made a decision for very different reason to save their own lives. And their paths to recovery are completely different, but they're both now in the helping world of trying to get others to see that recovery can be such a beautiful, joyful life. It's Beyond Well and the interview with Mike Hovey and Steven Milanese. And if you've loved this series of conversations as much as I have, please give us a thumbs up where you listen to podcasts, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's a great thing to review because every time we get a review, it means we get more support for doing these kinds of conversations. Bora Health is a nonprofit alcohol and drug treatment center in Portland, Oregon, that has been helping youth, adults, and families for nearly 50 years. They offer compassionate, comprehensive, and affordable care for everyone, regardless of background, orientation, or ability to pay. Fora recently opened a new state-of-the-art campus in Portland's Southeast Gateway District, and the entire campus is healing and supportive. You can find out more about their full array of evidence-based therapies for drug and alcohol treatment at www.forahealth.org. If you or a loved one needs support, there are many options of personalized approaches to care. Reach out to Fora Health at 503-535-1151 or see the show notes for more details. Part one, Mike Hovey. Hey, Mike, it is so good to see you. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you, Sheila. Yeah, you look well. And this is one of my greatest pleasures of doing this series is to talk to people whose lives were so difficult, who felt so despondent, and to see just the magic in your eyes and your face and your complexion and just the health that beams off you. Do you give thanks every single day for this space that you're now in? Every single day. I wake up uh, affirmations and I, I always thank the universe for the miracles that I get to take part in today and the miracles I get to witness today. You know, I really am blessed, so blessed to be here. So if you wouldn't mind, because people aren't aware of your backstory, please share some of the personal experiences that led you to be so passionate about this work. My life, my turbulence started very young uh, from puberty, I would say. By 13, I had lost my virginity. I had already started drinking. 14, I had been smoking weed, running away from home. I had a stepfather that was a heavy drinker and really tough love. I was always trying to get away from him in the house. Um, By 15, I was introduced to methamphetamine that sunk its hooks into me. And along with that came the justice system. I grew up in Northern California. Um, So by 15, I'd already been to juvenile hall. So from 15 to 21, I was incarcerated more than I was on the streets. I was 16th, 17th, and 18th, and 20th birthdays I was incarcerated. By 21, I was released from the California Department of Corrections. And from 15 to 21, these are very formidable years. Um, I adopted a belief system that kept me confined for so long. I can compare it to some people might go around, go to college. 
Some people might go to the military. I went to penal system and I learned this belief system that truly kept me captive for so long. How, how does somebody captive in poverty and the struggle measure success? What was success? And that was fancy cars, women, money, the ability to procure drugs and quality of drugs. Like that's what was success, you know, and it was a false sense. It was distorted lens. So by 21, I was released from the Department of Corrections in 21 to 23. These were very, very important years of my life because I had a child at 20 between these two years. I also started using drugs intravenously and I I was also married. I got married while I was incarcerated. So I had a wife, I had a child. I started using drugs intravenously and I was taught how to manufacture methamphetamine. So, and these were all from relationships that I had built while incarcerated. So this belief system, it just, as I got older, my actions got bolder and I was lost. I was a lost soul. So at 23 to 29, these years were more of a functioning addict. These were very hard years, but at 29 was my rock bottom. 29, I had started using heroin. I was still using meth and heroin at the same time. They called those goofballs. I had lost my wife, my kids. At this time, I had two boys. I had lost everything. I, w- I, was, I suffered an internal death. I was hollow. I was hostile. I hated the world. I was in despair. You know, I truly, truly was a lost soul. At this point, when I lost everything, I went back to California because I had moved to Oregon. I went back to California and I tried to be this guy that I once was and I couldn't be that guy. I was more of just an addict. I was lost. And through traumatic experiences down there, I actually was able to stop meth and heroin. Now, I wish my story would end there, but... I had more of a harm reduction model where I stopped the meth. I stopped the heroin because that was evil, but everything else under the sun was okay because it wasn't that. I was still smoking weed, doing all that stuff. So from 30 to 35, I was stuck in this realm of, I always had the ability to what we would say hustle. I was always trying to make money. I was always one of the biggest barriers for me to overcome in my story was the criminality piece. I wasn't only addicted to drugs and alcohol, but I was addicted to the criminality piece, addicted to the lifestyle, to the ability. Like I'm a, a medium-sized guy, I'm 5'8", but I had power in the streets. I had this clout, you know, I had the ability to make calls and you get addicted to that power. Drugs were power. But at 35, my world was crumbling and I was able to start seeing these repetitive cycles. My cycle was ending and the universe loves me, but I've always been about the stars and the galaxy, but, um, and always wondering about what's more, is there more? I was just existing. You know, I was, I was getting my needs met. My desires were out of balance. I wasn't happy. You know, I had money. I had women, I had cars, I had all this stuff, but I was still lacking so much. And uh, as my world was crumbling, I had seen something on YouTube, maybe it was David Lynch about meditation. And uh, that kind of resonated with my soul, sparked my interest. I went to the library, I got a book reading about TM, Transcendental Meditation. Long story short, meditation came into my world and I started to meditate. And once I did that, 
it truly lifted a veil from my eyes. It helped me to see this world that I was not aware of. It helped me to cultivate this focus, this discipline, this desire, this self-love, self-forgiveness that enabled me to truly change the direction of my life. Like, it's easy for me to see now, but when I was in the middle of it, I didn't know I had control really over my life. I was just a victim to circumstance. I was, you know, a victim to my emotions and my desires. I, you know, I just went with it. I was a ping pong, bing, 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 just going on my emotion. So once the meditation came into my life, I started to unlock these hidden chambers of my heart, got deep in there. And I truly, through my story, just a blip, I was homeless, volunteering at TPI with the homeless. You know, I truly wanted to transition into this new world. And it was so hard to break from a lifestyle. That's all I knew. I was so ignorant. Meditation rescued me from a life of just existing. It truly helped me escape ignorance. I just didn't know any better. And I see it with so many of our patients, you know, we just don't know any better. That's all we've witnessed in life. That's all we know, you know? So the meditation piece helped me to lift that bell. And then as I'm starting to see the world in a new light and see the magic and, and cultivate this love and this focus and this integrity that's truly needed. I gave up drugs and alcohol and it's been definitely a challenging road, but so rewarding and so unbelievable to get to this point of awareness and love and compassion. And it sounds cliche, you know, for me talking to me six years ago, I'd be like, what are you high on right now? You know what I mean? I wouldn't believe myself but it's, it's the magic. There's so much magic and there's such a world to witness and experience out here, but we, we don't realize it. So my story, meditation, meditation saved me, rescued me. Uh, it's enabled me to become a positive part of society. It's helped me to discover what true success is. Now that I see through a clearer lens, like I was seeing the world as not what it was, but as I was. And as I clear my heart and get to those inner chambers and release the treasures of my soul, I see this world in a new way, but I'm able to measure success in my ability to have governorship over my actions, to have balance with my desires, to not be a slave to my desires, my emotions, my fears. I have the ability to have a career that I've chose that I feel that I'm part of the healing of the world. I get to impact people's lives in a positive way because I always impacted people's lives, but not necessarily in a positive way, you know, and in that from 30 to 35, I was really into the distribution of drugs and sales and all this. And it's weird because the transferable skills in that time is so comparable because I still interacted with so many different people. I still had the mentality that I wanted to uplift and empower. I was helping people get their needs met. I was trying to create smiles, but it just was distorted. And I was still poisoning people, but my intent, ignorant as it was, was still to brighten people's lives while still making money, of course, and trying to get my needs met. But now in this world, I impact people's lives. I still create smiles. I still try to light the way for others and give hope Hope is so needed while I'm always in everybody's ear. Anybody that's here knows I'm either mentor Mike, meditation Mike, because that meditation piece, if I could do it, anybody could do it. It's something that's free. It's something that, you know, will unlock your truth. So I'm in everybody's ear about meditation here. 
Can, I, can I just ask you a question about this? Because you're the sure. first person that I've talked to who really speaks to not only the drugs having its claws in you and not only the dysfunction having its claws in you, but the lifestyle also having its claws in you, that there is a mutual respect among people living on the street, that there is a system of being, that there is a power structure, that there is a way to be popular and well-liked. I think for people on the outside, we don't often recognize the incredible hold that that system has on people. And it may be why when Laurel Hearst Park was swept and they offered 80 people permanent housing, only 40 took up the offer because that other structure means too much yeah yeah it's it's how you have value in this world it's how you make your mark how you're going to be remembered you you built this reputation the false sense that it is but it's still that's what all we had in this world i mean i some people earn degrees you know through the college some people earn ranks through the military i earned my stripes through the streets and through the penal system and i had like a street degrees and took it very seriously. And if anybody were to try to test me, I had to be that viciousness, you know, even if it wasn't in my heart, I had to survive. It was existing, surviving. It wasn't as if I was in control. It was, it was. Can I ask lost. you what yeah. kind of pushback and questioning do you get from other people that you are now attempting to counsel what will they say to you about their resistance in giving up not just the drugs, but this lifestyle? When I see them, a lot of them are really broken down. That's the best part of my job is to see people come in with lights off and watch the lights come back on. And the best thing that I have going for me is they see my true joy and my baseline peace. Like I'm not perfect, but I have this energy that I expel to all these people where my words have authority. You know, I had authority in the streets in another life because of what I've done and I've earned my stripes. In this life, I have my clean time now and my sobriety and joy. And joy will help others be like, man, I've heard many people say, I want what he got. There's still resistance because people, when that's all you know how to get your needs met, and you don't realize there's other routes. And then when somebody comes and tells you, well, meditation, is going to help you. You know, it's a turn off word. Meditation is a turn off word to some, to a lot of people. The only meditation I knew in my world was pre-meditation. I knew I didn't want a premeditated case back in the day. You know, mm. I would have never guessed I'd be advocating for meditation, but I think it's my persistence when people, it's my joy. It's my ability. Like I rub elbows with so many people that have masters and bachelors and all these degrees like my superpower here is my connection, my connection to pain, to, to turbulence, to the, to the stories that there's some intense stories in recovery, but my ability is to connect to that and to give insight that, okay, I know what this is like. I know I've been there and this is how we get out. You know, this is how I've got out. This is, we all have our own escape route, but there's golden threads to all this. And it takes integrity. It takes focus. It takes self-love and really self-forgiveness, mm. you know, and then how do we get there? How does somebody get to that point to start building these attributes? And that's where I start. I feed and I always bring it right back to meditation. Bam. 
you know, and then we have, you know, the curriculums and we have all these other, you know, the yogas and we have all these other things that really complement and, and go well with it. But yeah, I think meditation is the instrument of the universe. Once you learn to play that, you know, life is really, 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 it's amazing. It's unbelievable. Did you um, have a difficult time balancing your enthusiasm and this love of this beautiful new life during the pandemic? Or is it so fully ingrained in you now that the circumstances outside of you didn't really matter? Fully ingrained in me now. And I'm in the lesson of being fluid as in taking it as it comes, just going with the flow kind of thing. But I'm telling you, in the beginning, through those first couple of years, I truly went through a twilight zone. It was unbelievable. Nobody around me really got where I was at within me, my internal drive. Like the world shunned me. I was meditating and not, and I turned away from a lifestyle. Like it wasn't jail. It wasn't all this horrible things happening to me. I was able to see my world crumbling and I literally turned away from a lifestyle that that's all I knew. And I started walking a different direction. And that led me to being homeless because I didn't go back to selling drugs. I didn't go back to an old lifestyle, you know, but I knew in my heart, I was doing exactly where I was supposed to go and doing what I was supposed to do. But it was the twilight zone. It was so unbelievable because the world around me did not agree with that. The, like I had a partner, they didn't agree with the choices I was making, even though I knew in my heart, this is the way I was supposed to go. So that first couple of years, it truly was so surreal. It was unbelievable as I transitioned because at 35, trying to not only get clean off drugs and alcohol, turn away from a lifestyle of criminality and, and violence, all that into a new way of being. I had to put an old way of being in the world to rest to be a new man. I'm a baby boy in this world right mm, now. But to, 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 to switch careers and go from being a felon and having no experience in any behavioral health or any kind of nonprofit, any of that, it was such a hard transition, but persistence and belief in myself and just really knowing that's where that meditation piece, I knew I was on the right path. You know, faith and not in a religious faith, but faith that this was the right way because I was being led. I, I'm still being led to this day. And, and I've never been happier, or excited in life. Of course, I'm still challenged. Don't get me wrong, but it's not drugs and alcohol. Those aren't my challenges anymore. It's not the criminality piece, you know, but it's still, we have to have challenge to continue our growth. And it's the difference between, like I've said, I was existing. I had an internal death and now I'm living. You know, I'm experiencing, this is what life is supposed to be, you know, and I get to really be part of this. I impact people's lives in a positive way. I get to really, truly be part of people's stories and it's unbelievable. Tell me, I really want you to be able to convince someone who might be listening, like, man, I like this guy's energy. I really want to do this, but I'm super scared about leaving, you know, what might be 15, 20 in your case, 35 years of my life behind. So what do you have to say to that person? Got to take risks. I really, at some point, want to uh, kind of develop a 30-day meditation that's really focused on the addiction piece. I guarantee you meditate 30 days straight. You will not only feel the difference, but you'll experience it in your interactions with others, like with your patience and your just your tolerance and your all-around joy. It's taking risks. I say, what's 30 days, 60 days that truly can, we're not going to fix all the wreckage in our lives in this 30, 60 days, 
but we can recalibrate. We can refocus and re and, you know, really truly start walking a different direction. And it is so rewarding and it's possible. I am a literally a walking evidence-based miracle. You know what I mean? That's really what I am. And I, I, I'm trying to just give others hope that it's possible because I remember in the beginning, it's daunting. That's a mountain. Uh, this yeah. is forever. I have to do this forever, uh-huh. but it's not, it's not that we, we break it down to, you just keep walking. You just take that step, Martha Luther King, you know, one step that for another, bam, bam, bam. And then all of a sudden you're up here and you're looking down like, wow, yeah. I've come this far and I have this joy. You know, well, I, I think that this has been a perfect conversation because your enthusiasm and your um, belief system is so contagious. It just jumps through. And I have been so blessed to be able to know you. I hope we can continue. I would love to be a part of the mindfulness and addiction series because my sister is a Buddhist priest and she teaches it better than anyone I know. So maybe we'll pull her in. Yes. 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 I would yes. love to do something like that. Michael, it's been a, a pure joy to be able to talk with you. And I'm so, so grateful you're in the world. Thank you so much, Sheila. Thank you so much.